Yes, you do need to be caring, concerned, and connected, but you don't have to be the party animal. Hey, if you're an introvert, stick around. We've got some questions about that today on the 48 Days Radio Show. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, our sponsor today are the people at Harry's. You hear them on here a lot because we love the connection with them. Harry's.com, that's where I get my shaving razors. That's how I start the day with a fresh face. Got a great quotation from antiquity that somebody sent in. We're going to share about in a little bit about shaving in the morning. But anyway, harrys.com. Use 48 days as a code to get $5 off your purchase. Well, I want to thank you again for all the notes coming in about how to raise creative children. But I'm anticipating that the fun we're going to have. Got some great stories again this week about kids that are doing these really interesting things. Little kid started when I mean, he's only 13 and he's, he's got a little drone and he's doing shot these creative shots of houses for real estate agents, 13 years old. I mean, how cool is that? Anyway, send your notes to kids at 48days.com. And Joanna and I are going to be doing a special themed podcast on raising creative children for the November 20th episode. So send your ideas to me. We're compiling those. Send those to kids at 48days.com. Now, you don't need to be a party animal. No, you really don't. Got a quotation. We'll kind of unpack that in a little bit. Here's some of the questions we're going to be looking at today. Dan, I'm deeply introverted, so your process was very uncomfortable and unnatural for me. But I want you to hear what that person did and the success they got. Somebody says, I must admit I've been playing at it way too long and need to launch in a big way. Dan, am I too young to be a coach? Dan, how do I stop coaching someone I don't like? Got some coaching questions today, obviously. And what's the best way to purchase a web domain? Do you ever own it or are you just always renting it by the ear? By the year, by the ear, yeah, by the year. Dan, can I make a living writing songs? Well, hey, those and more got some cool success stories we'll be sharing here with you. Here's our quotation for the day. Now, this comes from an, um, a writer, long gone. Her name is Anias Nin, and she said, Our culture made a virtue of living only as extroverts. We discouraged the inner journey, the quest for a center, so we lost our center and have to find it again. Well, there's a lot of truth to that. You know, we, we kind of glamorize being an extrovert. I mean, even in places like churches, it's the people who are really outgoing, who seem to get the most attention I get the most praise. Those who are introverted kind of fade into the background. Well, there's some well-known introverts who have done really well, and you don't have to be an an extrovert to get out there and do something that's really spectacular. Actually, you know, there's a book that I mentioned frequently on here, the best book ever for that topic. It is called Quiet by Susan Cain. The subtitle is the power of ext- uh, the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking. She says, love is essential. Gregariousness is optional. Cherish your nearest and dearest. 
Work with colleagues you like and respect. Scan new acquaintances for those who might fall into the former categories or whose company you enjoy for its own sake. And don't worry about socializing with everyone. Relationships make everyone happier, introverts included, but think quality over quantity. You know, we've got some, we've got some introverted coaches. I mean, some of my best friends are introverts. I mean, I certainly lean toward that in my own makeup. Don't think that you have to change who you are to be successful. It may help you select more accurately the kind of business to be involved in. I mean, if you're an introvert, don't sign up for a direct marketing organization where you're expected to go out and knock on 30 doors every morning. No, don't do that. But just find a business, an idea that fits you. You can be extremely successful and still embrace what you know about yourself. Well, success stories. This comes from Jesse. Says, Dan, I got your 48 Days audiobook a few years back. I wasn't planning on making a career change at the time. I just really liked listening to your show. After completing my nursing degree, I spent some time with my wife and a few close friends trying to nail down what the next phase of our life should look like. We decided to make a career change and move to a new location where we could more fully enjoy our hobbies of hiking and camping as a family. I took you at your word and just believed that if I understood my unique gifts and identified companies where my strengths would be a match, they would make a position for me. I did some research and straight up cold called three companies I was interested in. I simply said I was moving to the area, was interested in their company and asked them what they thought would make someone a great candidate for their company. After 12 phone calls, I had three contacts, which led to some phone interviews, a trip out of state for some in-person interviews and job offers from my top two companies. All this in a field where I had no experience, where no job openings had been posted to the public. I am deeply introverted, so your process was very uncomfortable and unnatural to me. I mean, really, who sends a follow-up letter anymore? But wow, what a difference from the last time I went through the depressing cycle of submitting multiple job applications online and then waiting only to get no reply. You have made a difference in my life, and I want to thank you. Having a supportive family and friends to practice interviews with and spur me on and even teach me the right way to do it. We're all priceless in this, but you gave me the direction I needed to hit the target. Thank you, my friend, Jesse. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I love that. The job search process done properly is a means to an end. And you don't have to change who you are, how God has wired you, but If you're introverted, just go through the process to get the desired results. And you describe doing that excellent. Move into an area you wanted to be, identify top companies, approaching them with no, not waiting until there's a job listing, did all the things right. Congratulations on making it happen. Now here's a note from Matt Breckwald. Matt came to our recent Coaching with Excellence event. And there was a chain of events that could not have been orchestrated. Matt, wow, lives, oh my gosh, I should have looked it up. I think it's like in Iowa. Anyway, several states away, decided after a lot of deliberation that he was going to come to Coaching with Excellence. Now, he also started a podcast that uh, has to do with, you know, farming, being outdoors. I mean, it has his podcast, he really has, has, He says, without your free advice in the podcast, I would have never looked at an obscure agricultural business like gopher extermination. So he started his own podcast and what happened 
as he got ready to come to Nashville, he got contacted by Rural Radio. And they said they were interested in rerunning his podcast as segments on Rural Radio. Now, this is the same one where you hear, you know, Jeff Foxworthy and people like that, you know, on the radio network. They happen to be located based in Nashville. They requested a personal interview with him that coincided with being the day before Coaching with Excellence right here with us in Franklin, Tennessee, in Nashville. He went to that, and now I've got an update. Okay. Uh, Without growing my trust in you by regularly releasing a podcast that I never miss, I would not have signed up for Coaching with Excellence and just happened to be in Nashville when the opportunity presented itself. That is the most unbelievable part. This is a little, small little part of the big radio picture, but it looks like a huge opportunity for me. It's the radio business. Uh, As of this weekend, I will have been a contributor to a national radio show and broadcast all over the country as an authority on my niche. And the information on the radio show is FFA Today. It airs on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147, 7.30 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays and 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Sundays. Love that. Here's a follow-up. Yes, I, I said, you know, it's funny how luck shows up when you've done the preparation. He said, yes, it's funny how that happens. I never had listened to Earl Nightingale until after Coaching with Excellence. Now I've listened to The Strangest Secret as well as Lead the Field and the audio CD you gave all of us. What a strange way things work out. I cannot get over the opportunity coming from Nashville when I was scheduled to be there anyway. I definitely feel lucky, blessed, however you want to put it. I don't know if you remember the scene in Forrest Gump when he gives Jenny his Medal of Honor. She resists and he says, I just got it doing what you told me to do. Well, I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that I would be broadcast on national radio based on anything, let alone something that I created in my own mind. Dan, I got this opportunity just doing what you told me to do. I ignored all the resistance and self-doubt and just believed there was a different way to live. I did something abnormal so that it would stand out. I injected myself anywhere I could, and I did not expect immediate results. Just kept believing an opportunity would come. So thanks for sharing your message. This is just the beginning, but it's a moment, big moment in my journey, and I'm enjoying every moment of it. Well, Matt, man, we are so thrilled for your success. It is just phenomenal. Love that you that yeah you could not have predicted the way that un- unfolded for you to be able to meet with the people from Real Radio when you're coming to Nashville anyway for Coaching with Excellence. They do like your show. You got it up and running. Your podcast is now being rebroadcast on Real Radio. Absolutely phenomenal. Hey, one more, and I want to go into a question, but one more here i got to share with you. I've been sharing with you about Andrew Meller, who is doing a crowdfunding thing on Kickstarter with a little paper craft game that he created called the Cloud Dungeon. Now, we've been. this is the third week that I'm reporting on this because he said that he was trying to get $2,000, and he wrote to me and said, geez, I already have $8,000. Still have 18 days of the campaign to go. Before I did the podcast that that week, he was over $11,000. Last week, I checked it again, and it was over $19,000. Now, as I'm recording this, I just opened it up again, and I've been keeping it open on my browser just to watch it, and it's unbelievable. So he wanted $2,000, got $8,000, which blew his mind. Then it went to 11, then to 19. 
I checked it early this morning. It was at 22,000 and I just opened it up again. It's at $23,023. So he's got over $23,000 that has been pledged. And all he's doing is producing a little paper game. Now those people are going to get different levels of prizes that ways to participate and get the actual game itself that he's, you know, but what a great way to start. I don't know. This is one of those things that's hard to explain why it took off like it did. But check it out. Check out the Cloud Dungeon on Kickstarter. It's a great example of somebody right here in the 48 Days community. Andrew's been real involved in the 48days.net community for probably three or four years, but just has done simple things. And this is one of those where he put legs on an idea and it's paid off in a big way. Love, love, love the way that that's unfolded. Well, hey, we're going to remind you here that this is the way that we reward people who get in the game people who are in fact what we consider champions people who just take ideas act on them get through being introverted and do a great job search anyway get a position in another state where you want to live wow the other kind of things get your little podcast picked up by national radio what a cool thing or do a little project on kickstarter and instead of getting 2000 that you were hoping to get 2000 was Andrew's stretch goal, and instead of that, he got $23,000. What a cool thing. Hey, if you got a success story, please share it with us. We want to share it, pass it on to the other listeners here so they can be encouraged as well. Just send that to askdan at 48days.com. Well, hey, I want to remind you again, Harry's is our sponsor today. Got a really cool little story here I want to read to you, but... Harry's, if you go to harrys.com, use 48 days as a code to get $5 off your purchase. You know I how I feel about Harry's, the only razor I would dare to have touched my face in the morning. Uh, you can do the same kind of thing. Now, here's a note. Check this out. Came from Artan Sanini from London, England. It says, Dan, I'm reading Benjamin Franklin's autobiography, and he wrote something that reminded me of you and your sponsor, Harry's. Now, here, this comes from Benjamin Franklin's autobiography. Human felicity or happiness is produced not so much by great pieces of good fortune that seldom happen as by little advantages that occur every day. Thus, if you teach a poor young man to shave himself and keep his razor in order, you may contribute more to the happiness of his life than in giving him a thousand guineas. The money may soon be spent, the regret only remaining of having foolishly consumed it. But in the other case, he escapes the frequent vexation of waiting for barbers and of their sometimes dirty fingers, offensive breath, and dull razors. He shaves when most convenient to him and enjoys daily the pleasure of its being done with a good instrument. (laughs) That is great, Artan. That is awesome. I'll have to pass that on to the folks at Harry's. They'll appreciate that. Yes, the pleasure of shaving with a good instrument and starting your day just makes everything else seem better. I love that. Well, again, check out harrys.com. Use 48 days of the code. Get you started with a whole lot of other of us who are using them regularly at this point. All right, now we kind of got a series of coaching questions. Just kind of happened, and I just grouped a few together, thought we'd just kind of unpack it together because there are some common issues in here. This comes from Amanda. It says, I'm a wife and mother of two. I'll cut to the chase. I'm really interested in becoming a life coach. My mission is to help people and I'm very good at it. We do not have a lot of money to invest into things other than 
uh, the necessities to live. Anyway, I was wondering if there's a way to become a coach without spending the money for education. Then as I generate income from that to invest, then what do you say? I know education is the best investment, but right now our funds are thin. Thanks in advance. I hope to hear back. Well, you're, you're hearing Amanda, because I love your question. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and get started. You say you're very good at it. This is the deal. I often have people ask me, I mean, pretty much every day, Dan, can I be a coach? And my first question back to them is, are people coming to you now asking for your advice and opinion? If they are, then we can probably position you as a coach and get you started in the game. If they aren't, now that's another story. If they're not, then you probably ought to look at doing something else. But if there are people already asking you, and we have a lot of people come to Coaching with Excellence who have already been coaching, a lot of times we have like pastors, you know, have been pastor in a church for 20 years, and they're like, wow, I've been doing this for 20 years, but didn't know what to call it. I didn't know how to position it. You know, or teachers or somebody in a position of influence could be an HR director in a company or a CEO or just a sales rep, and people are just naturally drawn to them, asking for their advice and opinion. If that's true of you, yeah, you can be a coach, and yes, you can go ahead and start immediately. You don't have to come to Coaching with Excellence. You don't have to get in our Coaching Mastery Program. Now, you may be surprised to hear me say that, but here's the deal. If you start coaching and you never come to Coaching with Excellence, and you never go to a workshop or seminar, you never invest in materials, you're not going to become as good as you could potentially be. You're going to just be mediocre because as soon as you have, yes, I agree that you can become better at coaching by coaching, but as soon as you start to engage with people, you ought to be a voracious reader of coaching materials. And I can give you a, a list of books that I recommend in that space. And like Alan Weiss's book, million dollar coaching. There's certainly a lot of others in that space as well, but you want to immediately create a plan where you're investing at least 15% of your income right back into your own education, at least 15%. So let's just say that you start coaching and you've got a couple packages, you know, you got a thousand dollar package and $1,500 package. And so you're creating $3,000 a month. All right. You ought to immediately have $450 that you're going to invest back in your own education. Well, with that, I mean, good grief, two months, and you got the fee to come to Coaching with Excellence. So don't wait. Don't wait a long time. Get positioned. Describe the packages that you're going to have that you engage with people in coaching, but then be consistent about investing that 15% back in your own training. I certainly do that, and initially... It was a stretch to do, but it was a small amount. Well, as years have passed and I've had you know, more success in that area, it's actually become a little more difficult to find places to spend 15%. But I do that. I had a conversation earlier today about a conference I'm going to go to in San Diego at the beginning of next year. But I look for opportunities to go where I can learn, rub shoulders with people who are on the same path as I am. Now this comes from, here's, here's another question. I want to group some together here. Aaron Shaw says, my, my niche for coaching is educators who are looking to use their skills in new and profitable ways. My clients range, range from novice teachers to teachers getting ready to retire or those who have recently retired. I have attended coaching with excellence and I am 48 days disc certified. I've also had several paid speaking gigs. 
You could say I'm my own guinea pig. I'm transitioning to full-time entrepreneur through coaching and your multiple streams of income model. I'm also employed by a school system. I'm in a position that is less than ideal. This year will be my last year as an employee. <clears throat> I must admit I've been playing at it far too long. Need to launch in a big way. What are the top three actions that are essential to fast tracking my business? So this goal becomes a, a reality. Well, Aaron, I'm delighted you're getting right to that point where you're going to make a full transition. Um, I know you've been working at this for some time and we want to encourage you on that path. And we'd be happy to send people your way when you are clear about what it is that you're doing. And the fact that you're coaching educators, that's a beautiful niche. A lot of educators are saying, I don't want to do this anymore or they're transitioning as you say, but here's what you need to do. You need to be crystal clear about the packages that you offer. So you don't just say, well, sure. I'm a coach, you know, whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about it. No, you ought to be able to pull out a one pager or have it on your website where you have, these are the three options. These are the three ways that I typically work with people. Which of these would work best for you? Now, the next thing you need to do is be clear about what it is you're going to do as your primary marketing tool to get people to engage with you. Is it going to be being a podcast guest? Is it going to be by blogging? Is it going to be by doing a podcast yourself? Is it going to be by getting speaking engagements so you can get out? I mean, we've got a couple coaches right now who are having extraordinary success as a result of just speaking at small conferences, but they can't get out of the room without having five or six people sign up for their coaching. You could decide to do that. So that's Number one is be clear on your coaching packages. Number two, be clear on what marketing method you're going to use. And then number three, identify immediately what you're going to do to, in, to, to continue your own education. Those are the three things that I would recommend. Incidentally, if you're listening to this and you've not been to Coaching with Excellence, we've got a lot of people asking about this. We've got the new dates up for 2016 and we've got those already filling up. I mean, because we max those at 48 people, we close it off and a lot of people are disappointed. Then they roll into the next one. But the first one in 2016 is February 4th and 5th. So we've got February 4th and 5th, May 12th and 13th, August 25th and 26th. So again, if you're interested in coaching, absolutely come see us. Well, this comes from Ben. <clears throat> Interesting question here. My name is Ben Starnes. I'm a 25-year-old college graduate who studied philosophy in Spanish and was wondering if I could get some guidance. I'm currently working on synthesizing the material from 48 Days, Financial Peace University, and Teresa of Avila's Interior Castle in a way that teaches people God's plan for spiritual union while also addressing the realities of everyday life. Boy, that's a great sentence right there. Wow, synthesizing the material from three different sources teach people that awesome in my understanding it's hard to expect people to grow in union with god without teaching them fundamental life skills such as vocational discernment and good stewardship practices so i'm planning on getting the necessary training to form my own brand of life coaching i know i'll eventually attend dave ramsey's financial coach, coach master series as well as your own coaching with excellence workshop but i was wondering if at 25 years old I'm too young to convince people that I can actually help them get their lives in order and achieve their dreams. And then he goes through some other kind of details, needs to take care of student loans and so on. I'm currently applying to be an officer in the air force and a police officer, but in each case, while the pay would be great, I feel like I'll be delaying my vocation. 
then again, I need the money to get out of debt and pay for these programs that would make me an effective life coach. Thanks so much for your work. God bless your ministry. Well, Ben, I, man, I appreciate your heartiness. 25 years old. You're going to have difficulty having credibility, you know, with a 50 year old or a 60 year old, no doubt about it. If you're going to coach at that age, then typically your clients are going to be people who are your own peers. So people who are in that first quarter of life, people who are 25, 26, you know, maybe 30 years old. So there's that. Now here's the deal though. In in my own path, I mean, I really studied the works of Carl Jung when I was interested in this initial process, knowing where I was going to eventually get to. And Carl Jung said that the very most effective therapists are not those who just study psychology or philosophy or psychotherapy in college and get a degree and then start doing that work. The most effective ones are the ones who had a variety of life experiences and then maybe at 45 or 50 came back and drew on those life experiences to have their rich repertoire by which they could then coach, lead and guide other people. I really bought into that. I did a variety of things. I mean, you've heard me talk about it. I had health and fitness centers. I mean, we traveled a lot. I did commission door-to-door sales. You know, I was in the car business in a couple different ways. I had an auto accessories business. I wasn't concerned that I was off track at all. I loved those experiences. And then at about 45 years old, I came together, started teaching that critical Sunday school class that I talk about, out of which all the material that is now 48 days originated. But I could not have been an effective coach at 25 or 35, frankly. Now, I, I hesitate to say that because I, I think you can, you know, get your feet wet there, but I also want to make sure that you don't underestimate the value of a variety of experiences in the early part of your career path. So if you go into the Air Force, you become a police officer, those things are going to do nothing but make you a better candidate. Now, you've heard me talk about Aaron Walker, my friend who has view from the top coaching, doing a magnificent job and just rocking and rolling. Well, he got into that last year and had just amazing success. I mean, right out of the gate within three months, you know, was making more money than a lot of people make in a year, in a month. Well, his response to me was, Dan, why didn't you tell me about this 15 years ago? And what I told Aaron was, You needed the life experience you were getting then to make you the coach that you are able to be today. If you'd gotten into this too early, it would have short-circuited your own preparation process. And believe me, just having a college degree is not the best process for being a coach. I mean, I mean, it's certainly part of it, but it's, that is not going to be the biggest thing that prepares you. So those other experiences, yeah. I'd encourage you to continue studying, continue working. I mean, continuing connecting with your peers in a way that helps them figure this thing out that you're talking about. But give yourself a little slack in this. If you take another 10 years, you're 25 now, another 10 years to really have some other life experiences. I think it'll do nothing but make you a better coach. I mean, some of the people we have that are most effective in this space are people like, People like my friend Larry Dobbs, you know, who dropped out of school in the 10th grade, started working on cars, but he started a little newsletter for Mustang owners, of which he was one. Well, he grew that into not only Mustang um, 
Mustang Monthly, but Mopar Madness, Corvette Fever. Well, you know, a few years ago, he sold that little business that he developed for $18 million. At that point, he thought, well, I just need to buy another business, but I had the privilege of working with him in that transition and helped him see the opportunities as a business coach. Well, he's on the board of five or six companies at this point. He's amazing as a business coach because of his expertise, but he couldn't have gone. He couldn't have done that at 25 years old. He needed the experience of building his own company and having all the varieties of things that are involved in that to then prepare him to be a coach extraordinaire. And that's what we see again and again and again. Our coaches usually come to us with some really rich personal life experience from which they can draw in positioning them to be a really great coach. This comes here in one more coaching question. I'll move on. This comes from West who says in my hormone replacement coaching business, I try to concentrate on men's performance issues. Thanks to your coaching medicine coach is thriving and has been consistently gaining clients. I pride myself on the personal relationships with my clients that I have that I haven't since we're all roughly the same age in our forties um, and have experienced the same male issues of just getting older and not feeling like our old selves. I have one client who I just do not care to talk with or be around. He's already established with me and has sent me a couple new clients. He's single in his late fifties and feels the need to brag to me about his love life with younger women. I feel a sense of loyalty to my client because he's happy. He's paying me and he's brought me more business. I've acted uncomfortable while he's talking to me and just answer with, I'm glad you're happy. How do I handle this? I don't need this one client, but I also don't want him telling his referrals, anything negative about me. Well, in what you're describing where you have a group that's together, I think it is a little dicey. Now on the, on the front end, I mean, there are a whole lot of people where I detect I would not enjoy working with them. And I just simply don't, I never engage with a client that I don't think I would enjoy going out to dinner with. I just don't do it. I'll only work with people that I would love being around, even if it weren't a coaching relationship. So it's not this arm's length. I'm the coach. You're the lowly client kind of thing. I just, I work with people that I enjoy being around people that I know, love and trust. So there's that once you're already engaged now with what I do is I always have an end point in sight. I don't have just open ended coaching with anybody. I have an end point, but with what you're describing, I would find a way to come to an end point where you tell them, I mean, you could put it on your shoulders. Yeah, I've really given you all the information that I think would be helpful to you. I think we've kind of reached a natural conclusion of our coaching relationship. Cal, I keep me posted. Give me six months update once in a while. Lots of luck, but I would terminate it. Don't continue engaging with somebody whose company you don't enjoy. Well, again, hey, our coaching with excellence dates, February 4th and 5th. March 12th and 13th, August 25th, 26th. Those are coming up. 2016 will be here in a blink of an eye. Love these stories about people getting engaged in coaching. Yeah, you don't have to have particular training. You don't have to have certification. You don't have to have degrees. But again, that's not to diminish any of those. It's to just allow you to get engaged at some point, and then you continue improving your skills as a coach well the music there reminds us if you got a question you can shoot it in i'd love to consider it for an upcoming show you can go to 48days.com click on the little 
Let's say, well, click on Ask Dan. Then you click on the little red starburst where you can submit your question there. Or as many of you know, you can just shoot it directly into me at askdan at 48days.com. This comes from Jason who says, Dan, my 48 days journey began several years ago when I read your book. Shortly thereafter, I began listening to your podcast. I currently own a boutique law firm that helps catastrophically injured or disabled people obtain disability benefits through the Social Security program. It's not glamorous, but it is deeply fulfilling to me as I share abundantly in their suffering. I only take a small portion of the most extreme cases, but I come into daily contact with people in their early 50s who have experienced significant medical hardship that prevents them from performing their past work. Instead of turning them away, I wish that there was something else I could do for them, some type of practical and inspirational material that I could distribute to them to assist in making the difficult transition to another profession. Perhaps a 48 days type book for people with physical impairments. Well, Jason, your question is one that comes up frequently. I commend you on your heart for helping people in that space. You know, there are some specific things that can help people, you know, who are disabled or, or have some kind of impairment. This, this brings up an issue and I, you I've talked about it here before and I ought to stop talking about it because I don't have any immediate plans to implement, but my publisher has actually proposed 10 additional titles to me that would be short addendums to the 48 days to the work you love material. So 48 days for those with disabilities or handicap 48 days for those who are recently have recently been incarcerated and are now released from prison. You know, 48 days for the college graduate, 48 days for the recently retired. I mean, we can go on with those. Again, just because of bandwidth, I don't have any immediate plans to implement those. There was a book written several years ago by Richard Bowles, who, of course, wrote What Colors Your Parachute, one of the greatest career transition books out there ever. And the title of that book was Job Hunting for the So-Called Handicapped or People Who Have Disabilities. Now, it was published in 2001. They've never done an update to that. I'm really not sure why. I've got copies here, but I would encourage you to jump on Amazon and go ahead and get that anyway, because it's still very applicable. But it's just, and there are other materials out there as well. Again, your, your request is reasonable. And what, what I do, and, and the way you frame this is reasonable, because there's a whole lot of people that contact us here at 48 Days who would love to have coaching but they're really not in a position to invest in the process of coaching. We don't want them to just go away and have nothing. So we have a real broad array, a a broad product suite, so to speak, of things that we can offer them. I mean, we have eBooks and articles and blogs and podcasts, you know, at no charge at all. We've got $8 audios. We've got eBooks that can help them or introductory books at $10 or $15 or $20. So we've got things that we can offer them depending on what, they're able to participate in at that particular time. So yeah, check that out, but you might be able to pull up some eBooks that address the issues that you're talking about and just have those available for people like that. So you can be a resource, even if you aren't going to go into the deep process of trying to get them benefits through social security. Yeah. Great. Great question. Thanks for your question. Now this comes from Michael who says, I really enjoy your podcast. I don't know if you've ever addressed this before. And frankly, I don't, I don't think that I have. What is the best way to purchase a web domain? Do you ever own it or are you just renting it by the year? When I've looked at buying a domain on sites like GoDaddy or Namecheap, it always says cost per year. Can they continue to raise the cost every year? Where can you purchase the domain outright? I take it that's what you and others like Michael Hyatt have done. 
I don't want to start building an online presence and then have the web domain held by another company with no control over the future of that domain. Your insight would help as I'm ready to start my blog, but I want to do it right and keep my own domain name. Thank you, Mike. Well, <laughs> Mike, uh, no, you can't own it. Golly, what, what is an analogy here? Um, you know, it, it's like, okay, you have a car. That's your content. You have a car, but that car really doesn't serve you well unless you take it out on a road. Is the road yours? No, you don't own the road between here and New York. You're going to go on state, federal, county, whatever. Other people own the road. You just have the right temporarily to use it to get to where you want to go. That's really the same thing with domains. No, none of us own. I mean, I don't own mine. Dave Ramsey doesn't own his domains. Mike Hyatt doesn't own his domains. We all go through. I mean, I, I can't. I-C-A-N-N is the organization in charge of domain names. And they don't allow anybody the permanent registration of domain names. We all pay an annual fee to maintain our domain name. Now, as long as you maintain paying for it, I mean, it's not likely anybody's going to take it away from you. Could they increase the cost? Yeah, there are a lot of variables there. But now ultimately, what you're doing is creating a business. It's not totally dependent on just having that domain. I mean, you're creating content, you're creating expertise, you're creating products. And those things are yours. If the domain system goes away, you know, we're going to have something else. Years and years ago, I had a, a business where we were providing auto accessories. Well, you know, with that, I mean, I was doing, you know, pinstriping and dorage guard and wheel up molding and sunroofs and roll bars, and brush guards, and cruise control, those kind of things. Well, my mother was concerned because, you know, at one point the economy kind of stalled and all of a sudden car sales really slowed down. And she was like, oh my gosh, you know, what do people stop driving cars? And I was like, mom, if that happens, I'm going to be putting pinstriping on buggies behind those beautiful horses. I mean, there's always going to be transportation, even if the method that we're used to now changes. So that, that's the kind of deal. That, that's really how I look at it. Don't, don't be too concerned about that. Don't, don't get caught up in something that's such an insignificant detail. It's the same thing that a whole lot of us are doing. Now, in the same way, I mean, I am concerned about people who build their business with no presence at all except on Facebook, as an example. Facebook is notorious for changing the algorithms by which you can get your notices out to people. You may go from getting notices out to a hundred thousand people and they change something. And all of a sudden only 3000 people are going to even know you exist by using that. I think that's the scariest place in the world to build your business is on Facebook alone. Can it be a tool? Sure. But do I want it to be the only thing that gives us exposure for our business? No, not at all. There. Yep. Just stay in the game. Don't worry about that. Jimmy says, music has been a lifelong passion of mine, especially in the form of songwriting. For the past several months, I've been at a crossroads, it seems, trying to decide whether or not it's worth pursuing this passion of mine further. As I've gotten older, 23, I've tried to think more realistically in regard to the future and the income level it takes to sustain a family. However, my love and fulfillment I get from writing songs continues. Would it be worth getting higher education to increase my skill level in this field? What other programs are available to learn more on this subject? Where do I go from here? Thank you for any and all advice you can give me, sir. Well, Jimmy, thanks for your question. Boy, that you talk about an elusive career path. 
songwriting. I know people who have been writing songs for 30 years and couldn't get two nickels to rub together if their life depended on it. Then I know people who came into the game last year and all of a sudden, you know, they got Luke Bryan singing one of their songs and got half a million dollars in their bank account. Uh, To me, it seems like it's one of these areas. I never talk about luck. I talk about preparation, meeting opportunity, but it's, it's one of the areas where I don't know how, how to develop a straight line to being successful in songwriting. There seems to be a whole lot of factors available there. Ultimately your success is kind of the proof. If you are getting people to pick up your songs or if you like Luke, I mean, Luke Bryan wrote songs originally that were picked up by other people. Billy Currington, I think a whole lot of other people were singing his songs. Then he just found an opportunity to sing his own songs and probably just skyrocketed right up. But I also know people who have been working a very long time. I worked with a gentleman a couple years ago that his wife insisted see me. And I asked him, gee, what do you do? Well, I'm, I'm a songwriter. Okay. What, what's your day consist of? Well, I get up in the morning, you know, I, get online to see what other people are doing. Then I just get together with some friends and we just practice lyrics and put things together. I said, okay, uh, how much money did you generate last year? Well, nothing. Things are, you know, a little slow. We're trying to get a, how much money did you do, create in the last three years? Well, no, you know, I had some success, you know, 20 years ago, but it's been a little, little how much money have you generated in the last eight years? Well, zero, but I, you know, I'm a songwriter. I said, you gotta be kidding me. You don't have a business. You don't have a career. At most, you have a hobby. You need to get off your duff, get out here and get a job and be a responsible provider for your family. That's not what he wanted to hear. But to me, that's not a songwriter. You can't justify a career if there's no money. You know, you hear me talk about that, the three legs to the stool, passion, talent, and money. So, Jimmy, if you can get all three of those in place, fantastic. Man, I'm your biggest fan. I mean, do that. But, um, unless you figure out a way to have consistent money, yeah, then have something else. And there's no shame in that. Do something else. Keep that as a fulfilling hobby on the side, as you describe, but don't force yourself into a corner where you can't put food on the table because you're committed to being a songwriter that can't do, you know, I mean, we could, we could spend all day there. I mean, there's a lot to be said for persistence. Yes, I know that. But just pushing when there's no monetary reward at all over a long period of time, nope, do something else. Doesn't mean you need to walk away from that, but it means you need to put something else in the equation where you can be responsible at providing financially. Okay. Um, Let me just grab maybe one more here. Julio says, Six months ago, I started listening to your radio podcast. Since my children were small, I have them playing soccer as they played. I was involved as a coach for the past 20 years. I realized that while they are playing soccer, they were off the streets. Also, they're able to get scholarships. I always knew that passion, my passion is soccer. Now my family and I want to open an indoor soccer facility with one or two fields for use in developing players. And these guys have the opportunity to get a scholarship at a university or college. We also want to rent them as there are enough people who want to play soccer. The soccer fields are limited in our town. We have a projection plan and a business plan, but what we lack is the money. We need about 50 to $70,000 to get started. That's a tough business model. See, here's, here's the way I approach something like that. 
with people that I work with. If you're interested in soccer, let's find eight or 10 ways you can make money from that passion. You could coach on that. You could do individual coaching for people. You can speak on that, get paid as a speaker. You can do a podcast. You can start, have a little ebook or more advanced. You can have an instructional course. But to have a facility like you're describing is, to me, not something you want to depend on for the financial base of what it is that you want to do. To me, that is extremely risky. When, when you talk about having an indoor soccer field, we're talking about enormous quantity of square footage under roof or something that's going to be used, you know, maybe eight or 10% of the time, extremely inefficient. You know, when you look at any business, we look at the return per square foot per year. When I was, when I had a health and fitness center, I made a lot of money as a consultant going around to health and fitness centers and having them eliminate their handball courts. I mean, think about it. We have a handball court. You've got two guys in there who tie that room up for an hour and a half. My gosh, I can put 35 women in there in an aerobics class, all paying 20 bucks. It's a totally different financial model. And when you talk about having an indoor soccer field, I mean, that's the kind of thing to do after you've made millions of dollars and you want to do that to give back to your community, but to approach it from the front end as a way to make money, I don't think you can ever create a business plan that'll make it work. Now, I'd love to hear you prove me wrong, but I don't see that happening. I think that's a really, really tough proposition you got ahead of you. And as an investor, I mean, I don't know of an investor in the world that's going to want to put up money to fund that on the front end. I know there's a lot of interest in soccer. I know you're interested in soccer, but I don't think you can make that part of the business model float. Really don't. Well, golly, where are we here? We're, I, we're, I'm going to have to, going to have to wrap up with that. Remember what we talked about at the beginning. If you are an introvert, take pleasure in the fact that you're an introvert. Embrace that. Embrace what you know about yourself. You don't have to change. You have to find opportunities to line up with what you know about yourself. Again, our quotation was, our culture made a virtue of living only as extroverts. We discouraged the inner journey, the quest for a center. So we lost our center. We have to find it again. Well, that's the wonderful thing about work opportunities today. It's not a cookie cutter kind of process. It's not one size fits all. You can embrace what you know about yourself. You can embrace your uniqueness, the way God has wired you. Have a whole lot of fun doing it and continue to provide financially for yourself and your family. Hey, check out the dates we've got coming up for all the events in 2016. We don't have anything open to the public for the remainder of this year. But uh, we had a great event here on Saturday. We had a Expressions at the Sanctuary, just a little art art and author um, show. I had a great time. Had a lot of people from the local area and, and, and around some other areas that came and joined us. We love doing things like that. We may do something like that spontaneously, but no, no scheduled events for the remaining of the year. But check out next year. This is a time to be planning. What are you going to invest in yourself to make yourself reach the level of success that you're dreaming about for next year? In the meantime, let us know how we can help you. we got a team here ready to help you on your own quest. But thanks for being part of this community where we, in fact, are finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, 
and profitable. It's gonna take your whole heart. It's gonna take all you've got. You know, I'm going to bring this down again. Just to add in here, I just remembered uh, on Saturday when we had the art event here, uh, Jamie and Ruthie Slingerland, joined by Nick Pavlidis, an attorney from Massachusetts who is here with his book, they did a rendition of this song. They sang, played with the guitar, played this song. It was a hoot. The song is getting popularity. It may move up the charts. Who knows? Who knows? 